Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to jump right into the word of the Lord. But because I just talked for a little while, that should take away some of my words, and we should have a little shorter of a service here today. But I do believe that God has a word for us, and I believe it's going to fit right in line with what we're doing here today. In Jesus' name. Romans chapter 11. I'm sorry, Hebrews, thank you. I've been in Romans for a while. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. Just one verse here today. The Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house, we put it in our modern English, for the saving of his family. By the which he condemned the world and being became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Noah was warned of God, of things not yet seen. But I want to tell you what he was motivated by. He prepared an ark for the saving of his house. And that's what I'd like to preach to us for a few moments today. I'm saving my house. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm saving my house. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him, I'm saving my house. I hope you save your house, but I'm saving my house. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated for a few moments in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Now, I'm the only thing standing between you and some cupcakes and some wonderful snacks. I don't know if there's cupcakes, maybe not, but Sister Machado made some wonderful snacks, and so it's going to be a great time. Uh, so I understand my position's a little difficult uh, because anytime you're in between somebody and food, you better get out of the way. But I do feel to minister to each and every individual in this place here today about this concept, the personal responsibility of saving your own family. The Bible introduces us to the story of Noah in Genesis chapter 6. Most people like to skip over this part, and they want to go straight to the ark and to the animals. They want to jump to the part where they can start painting baby rooms in this idyllic view of a boat and a little giraffe sticking his neck out. But the story is not as cute or as idyllic as many would like to imagine. In fact, if you were to look at this, you would find out that the environment and the culture surrounding Noah was completely volatile. Verse number 5 of chapter 6, the Bible says that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that the, the imagination of everybody and their thoughts were only evil continually. Can you imagine living in a world where it's only evil continually? The Bible also says in verse 13 that the earth was filled with violence. It was filled with violence. It was filled with 
evil imaginations. It was filled with wickedness, and it was filled with godlessness. That, that's not something we have to take a long time to imagine. You know why? Because we're currently living in a world that's a lot like that. In fact, Jesus even told us that at his return that the world would be a lot like it was in the days of Noah. They're going to be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. There's a lot of things that are being stated here, but quite frankly, it is letting us know that the world is going to live life like normal, just as if God does not exist, and they're going to live without God, and there will be evil imaginations. There will be wickedness. You don't have to really take a lot of time, but you can just go online and look at the news, and it seemingly is evil continually. It's always something new popping up that there is now a new form of wickedness. There's now somebody that did something so horrendous that it's hard for us to even imagine. That's the world that we are living in. But I want you to know that was also the world that Noah was living in. But I find hope here today because even in the midst of a world that was wicked, that was godless, a world that was only filled with evil imaginations and everything was trying to be wicked. The Bible says this powerful verse, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. I want you to know here today that God is still looking to give grace to people even in the midst of wickedness. I wish we would give God a hand clap of praise if you are sitting here today, I want you to know that you are, you are a perfect candidate to be a recipient of the grace and of the goodness of God. Can I preach for a moment just how I feel it? Well, preacher, you don't know where I've been. You don't know the mistakes I've made. Well, I can tell you that Noah was part of this generation that was filled with wickedness and had made mistakes himself. And God said, I'm going to give that individual grace. Amen. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want to tell you that the grace of God is not for perfect people. Well, I don't go to church because I'm not good enough. Well, um, you're, you've been going to the wrong place. Because welcome to the church of people that, that without the help of God, we're not good enough either. i got to get perfect before I go to church. i got to get perfect before I get God. I've got to get everything figured out. I've got to get good before I get God. But just so you know, it's impossible to get good without God. You may not know it, but you are sitting in a building here today of people that are, that are ex-drug addicts, people that have been addicted, people that have been abused, amen, people like myself that come from a drug home. And what am I telling you here today? The grace of God is still available in the midst of it all. Oh, let's give him praise. God is looking for people that he can bestow his grace upon. He is not looking for perfect people. I know people have read this verse and they say, well, it was just Noah that found grace in the eyes of God. But I want you to know that the verse in verse 9 lets us know that the Bible tells us that he walked with 
God. I believe that God was looking across the known world for people that he could give grace to, people that he could show his love to. Amen. But Noah was the only one that reverberated it back. God, that he was the only one that went back towards God and said, okay, Lord, you want to give me grace? Well, guess what? I want to receive it. Amen. I want you to know how God operates. God's not going to give you something you don't want. God's not going to give people grace that don't want grace. He's not going to shove it down their throat and force them to, to, to live for him. That's the whole reason we were created. We were created to have a choice. We were created with free will. God wanted something that would choose to love him, choose to worship him. Amen. He told the animals to be fruitful and multiply. They never stop. He told, amen, the stars to be created and they never stop. They can't figure out where the stars end. The universe is ever expanding. And every time scientists think they figured out that they reach the end, it just keeps on going. Why? Because it's still obeying God because it has to. But there are people in this room that God is saying, I want to give you my love. I want to give you my grace. But there's got to be a decision that's made that says, Lord, I would like that. I would love to receive the grace. I would love to receive your goodness. I would, I would love to receive your love. God gave Noah grace, and Noah walked in that grace. Amen. If you want grace from God, you have to be willing to walk with God. God's not looking for you to perform. God's not looking for you to be perfect. God's not looking for you to be the quickest. God's not looking for you to be the strongest. God's not looking for you to run the fastest race and get the 100-yard dash out of the way. But what he wants is somebody that will walk beside him. Amen. And the Bible lets us know that Noah walked with God. I want to talk for a moment about this concept of grace. Because grace has been cheapened over the years. And people don't often understand what grace is and what grace is not. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. As I've been talking about already, it's something that you and I do not deserve on our own. Amen. It's the love that we, we did not deserve at the beginning. But the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. I want to tell you about the love of God for a moment. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You can go back and say, that was my biggest mistake. I look back and I regret that the most. And it was at that moment that God said, if that's your worst that you got, let me give you my best. Amen. If that's the worst sin you can, you can, you can accomplish, let me show you that my salvation is much greater. For Paul would write in Romans that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Amen. I want to tell you about the love of God for a moment, that he will love you more than your mistakes. He will help you more then you have fallen. I wish I had somebody that could testify and say, I thank you, Lord, that you didn't wait for me to have it all together, but you love me anyways. God shows up, and while we are sinners, he loves us. When we were without strength, he died for us. While we were ungodly, you don't have to wait until you got it all figured out. You just got to make it up in your mind, I'm going to walk with God. I might stumble and I might fall, but the Bible says a righteous individual falls seven times. But the difference between the righteous individual and the unrighteous individual is the unrighteous individual might fall a million times, but they don't get up a million and one. 
The righteous individual says, Lord, I have failed you. I have made mistakes. I've got regrets. I have sinned. I have failed a million times, but I am willing with the grace of God to get up a million and one, a million and two, a million and three. Your, the grace of God is not dependent on you, amen, being perfect. The grace of God's there for you when you are not. Oh, somebody give him praise here today. Somebody give him praise. So the grace of God is, in fact, unmerited favor. We did not deserve it, yet he bestowed it upon us. Noah was living in the wicked and perverse generation. The Bible says every imagination, that includes Noah and his family. But yet God gave him grace. Now, there's many that would say, the Bible says that we are saved by grace and that not our, of ourselves, it is the gift of God. That is true. But what is grace? Is grace nothing more than a blanket over us where we can continue in sin, as Paul would say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Is it just a blanket to cover us as we continue to stay the way we are and never change and never grow and never become? Is grace nothing more than a band-aid over the wound and over the problem? Amen. I want you to know that the grace of God goes beyond that. The grace of God as we find from Genesis to Revelations. Uh, grace is not just a well wish from heaven. Grace is not just a magic wand waved over your life. Uh, grace is not just a band-aid over your boot. Amen. Grace is when God brings instruction into your life. Grace is when God gives you a word. Grace is when God says there is judgment that is coming, but I am going to show you the way out. Grace is when a firefighter tells you there's a fire, let me help get you out of this. Grace is when you've fallen and you can't get up, and it says let me help you out of this. Grace is not that which the world would tell you where it says stay down and be in that position forever. Grace says let me help you get out of this. Grace says let me fix you. Grace says, let me give you strength that you did not have. Grace says, let me give you hope when you felt depressed and suicidal. Grace says, I feel him in this house. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. I don't want to cheapen grace. I want the real grace of God, the instruction from heaven that will help me. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Oh, come on, let's magnify him for just a moment. Come on, let's give him praise in the name of Jesus. I feel him in this house. Amen. God wants to give you his grace here today. But that grace is going to come with instructions. That grace is going to tell you how to build the boat. That grace is going to show up and tell you what you got to do to be saved. There's people who would say, well, I'm saved by grace, but they've not obeyed the grace that was given to them. God has given us his word. And, and, and there's a difference between, between there being grace and receiving grace. Noah, the Bible says, received grace. So you can have grace, and, and I want you to know, at Calvary, grace was available. All the way back 2,000 years ago, for your worst mistake, grace was available. And somebody once asked the question, well, uh, you know, if the blood of Jesus works, why is the world getting worse and worse? Some people would say, well, religion made the world bad, and it's religion that's caused all the wars, and, and they've really not read about Jesus because Jesus wouldn't have been cool with that in the first place. But... But, but if the world, if, if, if Jesus' grace is so good and so powerful, why is it that the world's gotten dirtier? That's like saying, why is there so much soap in the world and people aren't clean? I'm going to help us here today. 
There's a lot of soap out there. You can work at a soap factory. You can manufacture it. You can sell it on eBay and Etsy. You can design it. You can do all sorts of stuff with soap. But until you apply it to your body, can I preach to somebody? The grace of God is all-powerful, unmerited, but until you receive it into your life, amen, its ability to cleanse, its ability to heal, its ability to forgive, its ability to give you strength when you had none is not effective in your life until you do what Noah did and say, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I know you're calling on me. I know you're pulling on me. I decided to receive grace. Oh, somebody give him praise here today. For there being grace is something that God did on Calvary. But receiving grace is different. Uh, Receiving grace is when you hear the instruction of God and you do what Jesus said. You build your house upon that rock. Uh, Amen. Receiving grace uh, is when you obey and follow God's instructions. Uh, Amen. The world is going to say to go this way. And there's going to be friends to say to go that way. Uh, But when you hear the grace of God calling you in your life, uh, you've got to be willing to obey the grace of God in your life. Uh, Amen. If God's saying, I'm going to show you the right way to walk in it. Amen. The grace of God's already given you instruction, but your ability to receive that and say, okay, God, I'm going to start walking with God. I might stumble and fall back here once in a while, but I've made it up in my mind. I will be an individual that receives grace. Would you lift up your hands in the name of Jesus? Let's pray for just a moment. Come on, let's pray in this house. I feel I feel the grace of God. Amen. But God has been speaking to some people for a long time. Amen. But now it's time to put feet to your faith and say, Lord, I'm going to start walking with it. I'm going to start walking in grace. I'm going to start receiving grace. Amen. Noah received grace. You and I have a choice. God will not negate your choice. It's the very reason he created us. You have to make the choice. I will serve the Lord. He was given the grace. What was that grace for Noah? You're to build an ark. It's got to be this tall. It's got to be this wide. There's a lot of things that maybe don't make sense at first. Amen. Especially to Noah. It had not rained yet. He had not seen anything. The Bible says he was moving with things not yet seen. Amen. I want you to know Jesus has come to earth, but he has not yet come back to earth. And the Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. I want you to know that whether whether you think it's true or not, it is true. Jesus is coming back. As sure as the rain fell for Noah, Jesus is going to come down. And and the Bible says those of us that are in him, those that are alive and remain, those of us that have received grace, not those of us that were perfect, not those of us that have had everything together, but those of us that have received grace in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, the Bible says we shall meet him in the clouds. As sure as the rain fell for Noah, Jesus is coming back. But he said you got to build it this high, this wide, this you got you got to do it my way. Amen. If you're going to be saved, you can't do it based on what grandma told you, even though grandma makes great cookies. You can't do it based on what your friends told you or what your, you know, what somebody else told you, that one religious friend you had. If you're going to obey God and follow and walk in grace, you got to follow what, what God gave. The grace of God is his instructions. Amen. Can I just tell you what he said? Except a man or a woman is born again of water and of spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Don't let anybody lie to you and say it's just going to, well, everybody goes to heaven. No, they don't. Uh, you've got to receive grace. Amen. The grace is available for everybody, but not everybody has received grace. Uh, you've got to repent of your sins, as Peter would say. Be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, and it washes all your sins away. And then we receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, this is the promise that Jesus gave us. Uh, I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, I will come to you. Uh, amen. I don't know anybody that would say, I don't want the grace of God. If you want the grace of God, you got to follow the instructions. Well, preacher, I don't think I need to do that. Okay, well, I can show you more verses than we got time here today. But what if Noah would have said, okay, I'm going to build the boat the way I want to build it. I'm going to build my family the way I want to build it. I'm, you know what? The Bible says they had to pitch it within and pitch it without. You know what? That was to stop the, that was to stop the water from coming in. Amen. Too little on the inside, amen, it would have sunk. Too little on the outside, it would have sunk. Uh, too much on the inside, it would have sunk. Too much on the outside, it would have sunk. Uh, not the right dimensions, and it would have sunk. Uh, what am I saying? Noah would not have been saved uh, if he had not walked with God and followed the instructions uh, that he found and received in the grace of God. Uh, what am I preaching to you? Uh, if you want to save your family, uh, you got to pick up the book, uh, get in a Bible study, and say, what do I got to do to be saved? Uh, they asked Peter, men and brethren, what should we do? Uh, and Peter told them, repent. Repent. Uh, be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to help you here today. If you want to save your family, you got to get on the boat called Jesus. You can't get on the boat called intellect. You can't get on the boat called money. You can't get on the boat called success. you got to get on the boat called Jesus. Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise here today. Come on, let's give him praise. you got to obey God. Man, I'm the preacher here today, and I know some people may not like that, but you got to obey God. He's a lot smarter than we are. I'd love to just ma wave a magic wand if there was one and say, all right, everybody's saved. But that's not how it works because I don't want to take away the very gift God gave you, and that's your choice. You've got to choose Jesus. You've got to choose to obey God. You've got to walk in grace. He walked with God. And I have no doubt that Noah had moments where he was reconsidering. Am I building this? Why am I building this? What, what's the purpose of this? But I, I want to I bring a point here today. What caused Noah to move with fear? What caused Noah to build that ark so fast? The Bible says he was moving of things he had not yet seen. He had not seen it rain. It had never flood. Amen. He was being called crazy by his neighbors. Was it the fact that Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness? Maybe it was his religiosity and maybe it was his intellect that said, you know what, I, I want to be a, 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 I want to have the fear of God. And maybe it was his righteous indignation that said, I've got to get out of this wicked old world. Maybe that was what caused him to build the ark so fast maybe Noah built the ark so fast because uh, amen he was he was ready to get it over with and just get the judgment coming uh, maybe Noah was scared for his own life and said I'll build an ark uh, because I've got to get up out of here uh, amen but I've got to present to you why he actually built the ark so fast and why he actually moved with fear uh, amen the Bible does not say he moved with fear uh, amen because he was afraid of the judgment of God uh, the Bible does not say it was because 
because he was so righteous. The Bible doesn't say it was because he was a preacher or because he had it all together. It doesn't say it because he was perfect. The Bible says that he moved with fear and he prepared an ark for the saving of his family. I came to preach to somebody. Uh, amen. When do you, you want to receive the grace of God? Uh, the question is now how fast are you willing to move? Uh, how quick are you willing to build an ark? Uh, how fast will you respond to God uh, when you know that my family is at stake? Uh, my future is at stake. Uh, amen. I want you to know there's got to be a motivator uh, that goes beyond saving our own skin. Uh, I don't want to just go to heaven so I miss hell. Uh, I want to I go to heaven because Jesus is there, but I I want to take everybody to heaven with me because I know that I've got a family, amen, that needs God. I wish somebody would give him praise. Noah moved with fear to save his own house. Here's the clincher, though. The Bible says Noah started having kids at 500. And the flood came at 600. But God said you got 120 years to build an ark. Do the math. He started building an ark for the saving of his household 20 years before he had kids. Can I help somebody to move with fear? Well, I'll wait until I get married before I live for God. I'll wait until I have a couple kids till I live for God. I will wait until i got a career. I'll wait until I've got a 401K. I'll wait until I've got everything lined up before I'm going to serve God. Amen. I want to help you here today if you want a true future in God. Amen. If you want to really live a life that we talked about here today, a life that is successful, a life that is that, that, that you don't have to have all the anxieties and hang-ups. Amen. It's time to leave the party scene behind and make it up in your mind. I've got to serve God today because one day God's going to bless me with a family. One day, come on, I'm going to move with fear because God's going to bless me with somebody. Come on, you may not be married today, but God's saying I want to give you a spouse and you're going to have to be saved. I don't want to go to heaven without my wife. I've got, to, I've got to live in such a way that my wife makes it to heaven. I don't have kids yet, but when God decides to bless us with some kids, I don't want to wait until i got kids to start acting right. I don't want to wait until I've got it all together before I say, make it up in my mind. I'm going to save my house. I was 13 years old and said, God, I'm not married, not even close, but I'm going to start walking with you day by day because I've got to save my house. I've got to save my family. I've got to save my neighbors. I've got to save my world. Would you lift up your hands? Let's stand across the building and lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, somebody's got to move with, amen. I know that this world says, no, take your time. You don't have to do it today. You don't have to do it. You can wait a couple years. Amen. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Somebody pray in this house. Come on, let's lift up our voices and let's magnify him. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, you got a lot of time. Amen. You never know when your number's going to be called. you got to save your house. That starts by saving yourself. Oh, I feel him in this house. Somebody pray. I feel the grace of God in this house. Would you reach out and grab a hold of it and say, God, I want that grace. I want that grace. Maybe it's going to be a little difficult at first. I don't exactly know how to walk with you, but I'll do my best. I might stumble. I might crawl. I might trip. But, God, if you're giving grace here today, I want it. 
in Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Oh, come on, let's pray, let's pray. I feel the grace of God. I feel the grace of God in this house. I feel the love and mercy of Jesus in this building. Come on, there's people right now, God is speaking to you. God is moving on you. You know God has been reaching for you for a long time. But I want to encourage you, don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next year. Don't wait until the next time that you, you find your way into church. Say, God, I, I, I'm ready. I, I may not have it all together. I might make mistakes, but God, I'm willing to take one step. All God wants is for you to be willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to take one step with you. Here's the powerful thing. Before he even had kids, God said, I'm going to save your kids. Save your sons. I'm going to save your daughter-in-laws. In fact, you find his, one of his sons was 102 when he came off the ark. He was just a kid. He said, I'm going to start building this ark without any help. Nobody's supporting. Just going to do this may not make sense right now it may not I may not have the immediate motivator in front of me but God said he's going to save my kids but here's the powerful thing in the midst of a wicked perverse generation he said I'm going to save your son's wives families that are not even walking with me there's going to be some daughters that I'm going to pull out of this world Let me just say this. Don't give up on our world. Don't give up on this generation and say, well, they just lost their mind. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But you know what? With the help of God, they're going to find their mind in Jesus. I'll never forget. 13 years old, coming from a busted home. Drug dealers coming over. Depressed and suicidal. Somebody brought me to church. No hope in this world. But God extended his grace to me. And I've made a lot of mistakes. You can just call my pastor and ask. But I said, God, I'll just walk. Because I got a mom that's on drugs that needs you. I got a dad on drugs that needs you. I got siblings and I grabbed my brother and said, come on, man, let's walk with God together. He got saved. Grabbed a hold of my sister and said, come on, let's live for God. And, and the life I live today, I, I, I don't even deserve it. I know some people think they deserve what they got. I don't. I got a beautiful wife. Beautiful church. I'm a blessed man. But you know where it started? Okay, God, I'm just going to say yes. I'm going to grab that gopher wood and one nail. And today might be that, that first board you lay down for that boat. But what are you doing? I had family think I was crazy. I mean, they were the ones partying and going nuts, but I was crazy. I'm saving my family. You ain't married. You don't have kids. I know. But I'm trying to build something they can be saved in.
Josh would write these words, very famous words. Some people have it on the home, in their homes right now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know where it starts, Brother Jonathan? As for... Don't expect the next generation to be fixed if you don't want to say yes to. As for me... And then it extends to my house. We will serve the Lord. I want you to know here today as we get ready to pray, God is interested in saving whole families. In fact, one of the reasons Jesus came, He said to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers. Jesus came to restore relationships, some families. There's people right now, you've had a, you had a messed up childhood, but God wants to help restore some things. There's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain, but with the grace of God, you're going to overcome. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, there was a Gentile that did not know God, but the Bible says Cornelius got saved. And when he got saved, guess what it did? He extended the same opportunity, and the Bible says, and his house got saved as well. The Bible says that Paul and Silas are locked up in jail. And God delivers Paul and Silas as they sing praises unto God. And the jail cells broke open. And the jailer came in and says, what do I got to do to be saved? And the jailer got saved. But it didn't stay with the jailer. His house got saved as well. What am I saying here today? When you move with, with fear or if you move with haste, if I could put it that way. You think it's just about you today. No, no, no. If you move with haste, there is an entire people that is connected to you. That you might think, well, I, I don't know if I need it too much, but there are other people that if you make the decision to say yes to Jesus, that that entire family is coming in with you. I want you to lift up your hands and pray. I'm done preaching here today. Amen. I believe the grace of God is here. I believe the mercy of God, of God is here. I believe that God wants to save families. God wants to heal families. Amen. Maybe your marriage is struggling. I want you to know God wants to redeem your marriage out of the hand of the enemy. Maybe you've got some things in your past that you need forgiveness of. Uh, amen. I want you to know God wants to save you and God wants to save your house. Amen. Today, I know, amen, I, I want to open up this front, this altar. Why don't you grab your family by the hand and say, you know what we're going to do today? It might just be one step, but we're going to take our family to the altar, and we're going to just walk with God for a few moments. We're just going to talk with Jesus, Lord. Amen. I want to open up this altar. Everybody that can come, I want you to come. If not, I want you to pray at your seat. Amen. If that's not comfortable for you, that's all right. I want you to pray at your seat. Lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I know you've been speaking to me today. Today. I know you've been reaching for me today. I'm praying, God, would you save me and would you save my house? Would you help me and would you help my family? God, there's some areas we need your help. We've done it by ourselves and it has not worked. But, Lord, we are going to yield ourselves to you. Come on, that's it. Let's pray for a few moments here today.
Come on, that's it. The Holy Ghost is in this house. Maybe it's a little step, but I want you to take that step today. Maybe it's just saying yes to one area of your life. Just say yes to one area of your life. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're visiting here today and you're wondering if God can turn your life around. You're looking at people that God has turned around. Nothing like the grace of God. Just say yes to the grace. sing here again in a moment but what I want you to do if it's appropriate I want you to reach over and just lay your hand over on the shoulder of your family member if you don't have any family here today let the church be your family find somebody God is interested in saving families well well, you don't know what I'm facing and what our family's been facing through 2020 and all the mess I want you to know God cares about your family let's pray right now as we sing one last time Father, we love you. We thank you here today. I pray for each and every one of these family members, extended or otherwise. I pray, God, the grace of God is here. You know what they've been facing. You know the struggles. But I'm asking, Lord, right now that your grace would appear and that your grace would be received. We give you glory and honor and praise, Jesus. We give you worship here today. Touch my brother, Lord. Touch my sister. Come on, touch marriages here today, Jesus. Oh.